Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, first, I'm going to start off by taking a call. Uh, We got a new caller, so I want to get to that. And then I'm going to break down every week 13 NFL game, some of my bigger takeaways. Not a whole breakdown, but just some of my bigger takeaways from every game. I'm not going to add uh, the Thursday games from Thanksgiving because I just broke those down last episode. Make sure to go check that out. Uh, And then after that, to end off today's episode, I want to get to some NBA takeaways. I know we talk about the Celtics a lot because a lot of you are Boston sports fans. Not all of you, but a lot of you, a majority. And I am as well, so that's why I get to the Celtics a lot. But I just want to get to the NBA in general. Some of the biggest takeaways from over this past, you know, week or two or so, and what's to look forward, you know, what's to look forward to. Uh, and I just want to get to some of that because I haven't covered the league in a while. Sorry, I just stuttered a few times there. Uh, but first, I want to take this call. So let's take a listen. What's up, Aiden? Uh, this is Josh. We've talked on Instagram a couple times. Um, one question I have, I want to know your NFL power rankings up to this point. Um, what are your top 10 teams? I think it might be interesting to hear, especially from you. All right, thank you for the call, Josh. So I'm going to get to my NFL power rankings, just to the top 10, as you asked. Uh, at number 10, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Uh, they're 8-4 and four right now. I think that that was a big win against the Patriots. I don't think, I believe that was a big win for them. If they lose that game, all of a sudden they're at 7-5 tied with the Tennessee Titans. That was a huge win for them because not only is that a confidence boost and does that show people Deshaun Watson's really through four touchdowns. He's my MVP before the season started. Uh, and I don't think he will win MVP. I think it's going to be tough. I think right now Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson are really the only two. But if he really just plays out of his mind these next four games, who knows? But that's not the biggest point. The biggest point is for the Sexons team. They're inconsistent, though. A lot of people have them around, like, number nine. I'm going to put them at ten. And I love the Texans. I do. Deshaun Watson one of my favorite players. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Big fan of Will Fuller. You know, you got my point. I just like the Texans. I do. But they're a little inconsistent. They've got a few bad losses on there. And... At number nine, I actually have the Buffalo Bills, who are nine and three. Uh, a lot of people do have the Texans slightly over the Bills. I'm going to put the Bills slightly over the Texans. The Bills got a big win on Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys. Not a lot of people picked them. So I'm going to put the Bills just slightly over the Texans just because I think the Bills have played more consistent football. And the records wouldn't really show much of a difference. Like, they only have one more win. I know they have like some losses, like that loss to the Browns and whatnot, but Every team's lost in the league so far. So that's my thing. I just think the Texans are a little inconsistent, and I think the Bills have just been a little better. So I get the Bills at 9, Texans at 10, at 8. I'm going to put the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings were arguably top 5 before this week. And I know that was, you know, a lot of people might put them at like 6 or even 7. I'm putting them at 8. I am. Um, They're 8-4. and They played well. Eight is as very low as they should go. They should not go any lower than number eight. They should be six through eight right now. That is my opinion. Six through eight. Uh, anywhere around there is respectable. Uh, and this loss they had to the Seahawks, I'm going to break this down, but like, it wasn't a horrible loss. But the defense is clearly starting to have some lapses that they're going to need to fix. I am still not 100% sold on Kirk Cousins. I'm really not. Uh, this is a guy who, before this season, was never a guy who went on primetime. He just lost another Monday Night Football game. Was it all his fault? Of course not. Of course not at all. No. 
the team scored 30 points. Was a little bit of his fault? Sure. That second half wasn't too pretty. I know the interception was kind of Stefan Diggs' fault, but that's besides the point. I'm still not sold just on the fact that when it's a absolute must-win game or playoffs come around. Because, yeah, he's won some big primetime games, but I'm talking primetime, like, playoffs. Like, can he win there? Can he win in the playoffs when it's, you know, ride or die? Like, the playoffs are the ultimate test. The Super Bowl is the ultimate, ultimate. But I just want to see him play in the playoffs first. Listen, I think Kirk Cousins has improved on primetime. But just things like that, not even just him, but – the defense, it's had a few lapses lately. It really has, and this is a defense seems like it's starting to slow down a little bit. It, again, six through eight, they're still a very good football team, but I put them at eight, and then at number seven, I'd put the Green Bay Packers, who are nine and three. Uh, I know it took them really that fourth quarter. I know 31 to 13 is a pretty big deficit. Uh, well, it's a pretty big margin to win by, but they really only had a good fourth quarter. Like that was when I mean they played okay in the first three, but fourth quarter is really where they pulled ahead. Uh, but no, I'm not even kidding. Like the Packers surprised me this year. I had them going, I think, like seven and nine. Uh, I wasn't. I liked Matt Lafleur a lot, but I didn't think him and Rodgers would have a great connection. They struggled last year. I didn't think the defense would be this good. They surprised me. I, I think I don't think a lot of people were high on the Packers. I, I this was my thing on the Packers. Out of all the teams that I had missing the playoffs, they have by far the highest ceiling. They were really the only team, I think, that I had missing the playoffs that I said could actually win the Super Bowl. I said the Packers' ceiling was a Super Bowl win. People said no. But no, I'm not saying they will. They're not my pick. But um, the Packers have played well. They're 9-3. I think they've got the better record than Minnesota. Some people think Minnesota's just been a little better uh, overall as a team. But I, I don't know. I think it's close between the two. But I'll take the Packers. Uh, especially just due to they have a slightly better record. Then at number six, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 8-4. and four. Uh, And I've got the Chiefs there because a few of their losses, you know, they had a one or two losses when Patrick Mahomes was out. This is a power ranking, and those, you know, Patrick Mahomes is really the, the beat and soul, heart and soul of this team, so... Uh, that's why I've got them at number six. I think of you know you got a few. If, with, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt, this seems probably nine and three, maybe even ten and two. And I think the Chiefs, even especially Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes actually become underrated. I feel like he's still the best quarterback in the NFL, and I think the Chiefs deserve that number six spot. Their defense is actually improving too. Uh, then at number five, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. They're ten and two right now. They've done a very good job. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, those two, that uh, quarterback coach combination has been the key there. Uh, they've got a, you know, okay surrounding Castle players, but those two are really what makes them so good. I've got the Seahawks at number five. Number four, I've got the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I really do like the Saints. Number three, I've got my New England Patriots. I know the offense is really struggling right now, but we're still 10 and two. We've got a great defense. Uh, this is, you know, that defense and the fact that we are 10 and two has to give us some respect. I know a lot of people want to overreact to this loss. Uh, and then at number two, I've got the San Francisco 49ers, which means at number one, I've got your Baltimore Ravens. You'll be happy to hear that. Um, they've just played really good. Again, this is so far. late. I don't think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they had the best Super Bowl odds. If I, if you ask me, are you going to take the Ravens or the field? I'm taking the field on that one. Uh, but for now, the Ravens have looked unstoppable, and I'd say they're the best team in the league. If the 49ers just went on and beat the Ravens, I'd probably put the 49ers at number one. But they didn't, so the Ravens take the number one spot. So thank you for the call, um, Josh. Uh, again, if you want to call in, call in on the Anchor mobile app. 
Or if you don't want to download the Anchor mobile app, look on Google or Safari after the Buzzer Sports Walk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor. You can send in an email, or not an email, a voice message that way. Uh, but anyway, now we are going to get to some of my biggest takeaways from every game from Week 13. So let's get to that. All right, so obviously, as I said before this episode started, I will not be doing Thanksgiving games because I already broke those down pretty in-depth last episode. So to start, we are going to start with the Broncos 23-20 to win over the Los Angeles Chargers. For the Broncos, Drew Locke. I was totally on board with Drew Locke starting this week. They drafted this kid in the second round. Uh, Joe Flacco goes down with an injury. We're on to Brandon Allen, undrafted rookie. It's clear, you know, he's not terrible, but he's nothing special. How about you go to the guy with potential in Drew Locke? Drew Locke, I don't think, is a franchise quarterback just yet. I'm not ready to say that just because I've seen this guy play one game. One game. Okay, and he didn't play spectacular. Did he play very good? Did he exceed expectations? Sure, but he didn't play out of his mind. Even if he did, I want to see more of the kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see him play a little more before I call him a franchise quarterback, especially considering he's playing for Denver, who can, you know, they've just struggled really have with uh, young quarterbacks. But he looks very good. Uh, And I love Drew Locke out of college. I didn't love him. I really did like him just because I think he shows those intangibles, those little things. I don't think he looks like, you know, a guy that can lead your team in the clutch. I don't know if I've seen that clutch gene yet or anything, but he has some good intangibles and I like that about him. I'm very interested to see what he can do for the rest of the season. For the Chargers, just disappointment. This team has a lot of talent. I had them going eight and eight on the season and that was about as low as anyone had them going. And right now they're four and eight. So Right now, I mean, they could end up as like a five-win team. They could go five and eleven. The crazy thing is, all eight of their losses have come by seven or fewer points. This team has talent. The Chargers have talent. They'll give you a close game. They just can't finish. And who is that on? I kind of point at the coaching staff. I do because at the end of the day, the talent's clearly there. We saw it last year with this Chargers team. You've seen this year twelve games. They've, they've won four of them, and they've lost eight of them by seven or less points. They've stuck in every single game. Every single game they've been in it. And considering that, like, considering you've been in it every single game, if I heard that, I'm predicting you're 9-3 and three or something like that, or even just 8-4 and four or 7-5. and five. You're 4-8. and eight, That is horrible. But they just find a way to lose every week. This week it was the Casey Hayward uh Pass interference and Cortland Sutton, that was ridiculous. The whole play was drawn up just to draw the pass interference. Casey Hayward's got to know better, and that's a vet, too. And then Brandon McManus hits the field goal. Uh, so just a little disappointed in this. Or not a little, a lot. I'm very disappointed in them. I know they've been banged up. I know I had low expectations for them, but still, they've been disappointing. Uh, Chiefs blow out the Raiders 40-9. to uh, As I said, I think Patrick Mahomes starting to get a little underrated. This guy's still the best quarterback in the league. And people really haven't talked about him because the new hot thing is Lamar Jackson. Uh, but the Chiefs' defense also is starting to come along. I know the Raiders' offense isn't phenomenal, but they only allowed nine points. They were forcing some turnovers. They've kind of come along lately. And I always thought they were a little hated on. They were always bad. Don't get me wrong. Chiefs' defense was always bad. But I felt like they were always a little too hated on. They're starting to come around. They're no great defense, but they're doing enough. And with this Chiefs' offense, all they have to do is do enough. Last year... The Chiefs are capable, really, of putting up 28-plus points any week they want, basically. So all the defense has to do is play, even if it's just subpar defense, like a little subpar. 
That's all they have to do. They don't have to play fit. They don't have to do what like the Patriots are doing right now. Their defense. They don't have to do that. Their offense is going always going to be be the beating drum of this team. The defense just has to play complementary football, even if it's a little under average, you know, a little subpar. That's fine. They just can't totally blow it up. Uh, then moving on, we got the Rams blowing off the Cardinals, thirty-four to seven. Uh, Sean McVay played a uh, not played. He coached a very good game this game. Whooped up a great game plan against this Cardinals team, and it showed. I mean, Jared Goff had probably his game of the year. I told you, Jared Goff's a, a franchise quarterback. If the team plays well and Sean McVay whoops up a good game plan, he's gonna play well. If he doesn't. Forget it. His first year under Jeff Fisher, he didn't play well. Because why? Jeff Fisher was the coach, and he can't whoop up a good game plan any day of the week. The next season, Jared Goff goes on last season to have a phenomenal year. He was in the MVP conversation for about two-thirds of the season. Sean McVay was looked at as maybe the next Bill Belichick. He played great. Sean McVay gets his pants undressed in that Super Bowl, does horrible. Jared Goff struggles. I said it from that point. He is a system quarterback. Okay, did I say franchise? I feel like I said franchise quarterback earlier. No, I mean a system quarterback. Uh, and this season, Sean McVay's kind of struggled. I won't lie. And it's led to Jared Goff struggling as well. And for the Cardinals, they played horrendous. They really did. Uh, I have confidence in Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury offensively, but they need to figure things out defensively. They really do. And I know the offense struggled. Like Kyler Murray, I think, only put like 11 points up for me in fantasy. I know it doesn't mean everything, but I checked the stats. He really didn't do well at all. Uh, but he's got some potential. I think if they just give him another weapon or two, that offense will be set especially on the offensive line, really. That's basically the biggest thing. Uh, and then they just got to ramp up that defense, really. I know both sides of the ball played poorly. This was a horrible week for the Cardinals, but I think they'll bounce back and, and find their footing uh, within in the future. I don't know, maybe it's next week when they're facing Pittsburgh, but you know what I mean. The future is looking brighter. I know this week wasn't great, but they, they should just be focused on down the road. Uh, the Bengals beat the Jets. What a week for the Bengals. Not only did Zach Taylor and the Bengals pick up their first win of the season, but the Redskins and the Dolphins also won, which means there has been no change in the first overall pick. Both the Redskins and the Dolphins now have three wins. Before this week, it was Redskins and Dolphins had two wins. Bengals had zero. So the Bengals were two games up on them for the first overall pick. Bengals win, so do the Dolphins and Redskins, so they win and are still two games up. Perfect scenario for the Bengals. And for the Jets, Adam Gase needs to go. I mean, this team is just not executing. It's been poor coaching all year. I mean, the biggest thing he had to come in here and do and was help Sam Darnold, really all he's done is hurt, and he hasn't even contributed on the defensive side of the ball or anywhere else. He needs to go after this season. Uh, Dolphins shock the Philadelphia Eagles, 37 to 31. Uh, as I keep saying it, Brian Flores deserves some credit. Um, he's finally starting to get that credit that he deserves. I said this after their first win or second win, I think the fact that they have three wins now and there's still four games to go. This team could be a four or five win team by the end of the year. Brian Flores is a great coach, especially motivating. Okay. Brian Fitzpatrick isn't horrendous. Is he inconsistent? Wildly inconsistent. But Brian Flores, I will be interested to see how he does with an actual winning football team with some talent. But what he's done with this, one of the least talented football teams I've ever seen take the field in the NFL. The fact that they already have three wins with still a quarter of the season to go is very impressive. And for the Eagles, you just choked an opportunity. You could have tied up the division with the Dallas Cowboys at 6-6. Six and six. 
Easy chance the Cowboys just lost. You knew it. You watched it Thanksgiving. Easy chance to pounce. You know, you're facing one of the worst teams in the league and you blow it. One week it's the offense, not you know, the defense plays well and the offense can't, you know, put points on the board. And the next week the offense puts up over 30 and the defense can't stop a fly. I don't know. A fly. I was gonna say, I don't know why that came to mind, but they couldn't stop anything. Devontae Parker had a great game, so did Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Redskins beat the Panthers 29 to 21 and send Ron Rivera home. Ron Rivera is no longer the coach with the Carolina Panthers. I always had respect for Ron Rivera as a coach and always thought he was a decent head coach, but the Panthers have lost four straight now. They just lost to that bad Redskins team. And honestly, looking back at it, I don't think this is a horrible move. I think it was time. Uh, it's clear they weren't going anywhere ever since their Super Bowl 50 loss against the Broncos. It's just clear this team isn't good enough. They never really have been. They've always kind of been a mediocre team ever since then. And I think you can only, you know, the Panthers were never a bad team under Ron Rivera, but they were never good enough. This is almost the situation that the Cowboys are in with Jason Garrett. Ron Rivera and Jason Garrett, very similar situations where the team was never really that bad. They just were never good enough. And the Panthers now made their move. Maybe this will influence the Cowboys make a move, and Jerry Jones. Uh, Packers beat the Giants. I mostly already talked about this. Aaron Rodgers had a great game, uh, but the first three quarters weren't even that good. It was mostly just the fourth quarter, uh, but still, a win's a win. They won 31-13. to I think that speaks for itself. Um, Steelers beat the Browns 20-13. to Duck Hodges. Uh, Dan- uh, this guy, Daniel Hodges, didn't wow me, but he was decent enough. Does not look like a franchise quarterback at all, but it's a nice little replacement for the time being. But the Steelers really deserve credit for the fact that they're in the playoffs right now. Big Ben goes down with an injury. James Conner has been injured all season, so she just missed Schuster. Both have been underwhelming. They've had to play Mason Rudolph and Daniel Duck Hodges at quarterback. The fact that this team is in the playoffs is shocking. I said their season wasn't over. A lot of people said their season was over after like week three when they started off 0 3. I didn't. Uh, this team's got a very underrated defense, especially that front seven. Uh, the offense is mustering enough points. I mean, the fact that they have no James Conner, no Juju Smith-Schuster, and the third-string quarterback, and it makes him Rudolph's basically the equivalent of a third-string, too. He's not very good at all. I mean, I'm impressed with this Steelers team. Mike Tomlin deserves a lot of credit. And the Browns, I mean, just they're, they're bad. They, they really are. I still have uh, faith in Baker Mayfield. In a, as a franchise quarterback, I do. Uh, I want to see how he does with a little less pressure right off the – because you have to keep in mind this. He's a second-year quarterback. He was – you know, a lot of pressure, horrible head coach. You know, this is a second-year quarterback. I know he did well under uh, – what's his face? Hugh Jackson. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. Um, last year, but you know, you can only take so much bad head coaching and I, I still have hope for Baker Mayfield. I just think they need to get Freddie Kitchens out of there. Uh, the expectations need to become a little lower, a little less pressure on the Cleveland Browns next time. Uh, then we've got the Buccaneers versus the Jaguars. Buccaneers play decent, especially that defense. Defense really was big this week. Uh, but for the Jaguars, mostly what I'm going to fa- focus on, the quarterback situation. I said it. You can go back and find that episode where I you know, broke down some of the bigger free agency signings. I said with Nick Foles, not a bad signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they overpaid him. It's like Ricky Rubio, except worse. Uh, actually, 
people are overreacting because this guy's just coming back from an injury and he's struggling. Okay. Uh, but I know, I do think they should start Gardner Minshew, but um, the fact that people are saying Nick Foles like sucks, he's had two weeks coming back from a broken collarbone. Let's give this guy a little bit of breathing room. Uh, it's kind Again, it's kind of like I had similar thoughts to Ricky Rubio. Like I thought it would be a good fit, good signing. They just overpaid for him. Uh, but Ricky Rubio's really produced. Nick Foles has been pretty mediocre, to say the least. I'm glad they started Minshew. I think Minshew was running out of magic the last time he started, but I'm glad they're giving him another chance. The offense is clearly better under him. Uh, the Titans beat the Colts 31-17. to I said it going into the week. This was going to be a huge game. The Titans really showed up. Their special teams played really well. Derrick Henry continues to stay on fire, and Ryan Tannehill continues to play like the perfect game-managing quarterback they need him to be. Um, he's, he's been great there. Henry's been great. The special teams is stepping up. Defense wasn't bad. The Colts kind of, whoever lost this game basically almost kind of put themselves out of the playoff race. Now you don't have to keep this in mind. The Titans and the Texans haven't even played each other this year. So in the next four weeks, they're going to play each other twice. Titans are only one game back of the Texans. That should be interesting. The... The reason I hesitate is this one hurts to say it, Patriots fan. Uh, but the Texans beat the Patriots Sunday Night Football 28-22. to uh, I said there's so many issues with this Patriots offense right now. First of all, we need to get James White more involved. Second of all, the James... I, you know, I have so much. I'm going to... Next episode, I'm going to... I'm trying to script it out and get it ready to make a post... Uh, well, make, to get it ready on next episode, what's going wrong with the Patriots offense. I want to get to the, all of that, but this Patriots offense is clear. They are not good. I think um, Tom Brady got a little too much grief. I know the receivers outside Julian Edelman really didn't play well, and Julian Edelman was double teamed. And I know I get all of it, and he, you know the Texans play, offense played really well, and he didn't get a lot of calls in this game. Tom Brady didn't, but I don't care. He missed a lot of throws in this game. I don't think it's all his fault. I don't think he's a problem with this team, but I don't think he's a solution either. I, I want to get to the Patriots offense next episode. Uh, it's going to be an interesting topic. For the Texans, again, this is a huge confidence booster. They proved a lot of people that this is what they can be. I know they're an inconsistent football team, but when they play up to their standards, they can beat teams like the New England Patriots. I thought their defensive game plan was great. They had some really impressive defensive play calls. They took Julian Edelman out of the game and said, you know what, you're going to have to throw to all these receivers you apparently don't trust in. Let's see what happens. He got frustrated. They not only flustered Tom Brady, but allowed him to throw for under 100 yards. And the Texans' defense and offense did phenomenal in this game. I was very impressed. Uh, Ra- game of the week, Ravens beat the San Francisco 49ers on a game-winning field goal, 20-17. to uh, The Ravens didn't even play their best football I've seen them ever play. Like, I've seen them play much better football, but they still won because they're that good. Um, and I guess you could say the same about the 49ers. Like, they didn't really play their best in this game. They didn't even get one QB pressure on Lamar Jackson. And again, that's very hard because Jackson's never in the pocket. So... That's why it's, that's a little scuffed, but the thing with the 49ers, the defense has been great all year. They've probably been the best. I think the 49ers had a very good game. Both teams played very good, I think, considering they were facing very good opponents. And I think the 49ers' defense played pretty well. You had that Ravens offense to 20 points. That's hard to do. The Patriots let up almost double that. I think the 49ers have the best defense in the league. I do. 
I really, really do believe that. Uh, it all starts up with their defensive line. They've got a ton of depth on the defensive line. They've got a lot of talent there. They pressure. I know they didn't do it a lot this week, but they pressure the quarterback, and that helps out their secondary, which I think is a little weak. But their secondary's played really well this season. But I think a lot of that is in parts of the D-line putting up, uh, you know, stopping the run and putting up so much pressure on the quarterback. Uh, then we move on to Monday Night Football. Seahawks beat the Vikings 37-30. to uh, The Seahawks, they, they just continue to impress. Russell Wilson keeps himself in the MVP, very much in the MVP conversation. Their offense looks really good. Um, the defense didn't look phenomenal, but they, you know, forced a turnover too. Uh, they forced two turnovers, actually. Um, and I thought the Vikings played decent, but it wasn't good enough, especially that second half. Uh, just a lot of defensive lapses. You saw that more, more touchdown there. You saw the uh, touchdown celebration. We all saw it. Uh, just defensive lapses like that. And then Kirk Cousins kind of didn't really play that great in the second half. So the Vikings have some things to figure out, but I wouldn't panic if I'm the Vikings. You're eight and four. You're going to make the playoffs. Next week, they've got the Detroit Lions. So as long as they win that game, they basically lock up a playoff spot. That's all they've got to do. Just just win next week, lock up a playoff spot, bounce back, show a little resilience, which I think they did in that second half, by the way. Uh, but that is some of my biggest takeaways from every Week 13 NFL game. So now I'm going to get to some of my bigger takeaways from the NBA lately. So let's get to that. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, it's been a while since on this podcast I have covered the NBA outside of the Celtics. I don't know why. I want to do it more. Rather than just touching up on the Celtics every other episode, I want to do more of the whole NBA because I think it would interest a lot of you that don't aren't as focused on the Celtics or know a lot about the Celtics because you listen to the local stations but want to know more. You come here to know more about teams outside of the Celtics. So I'm here to give that to you. Uh, first thing I want to start with is the Milwaukee Bucks. They are on a 12-game winning streak right now. They are killing it. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is my MVP before the season, and so far he has been my MVP. I think he's been the best player in the league so far this season. Luka, LeBron, James Harden, etc. They've all played great. Giannis has just played a little better than all of them. He's also led the Bucks to the best record in the NBA so far. Uh, the Lakers are 17 and three. Bucks are 18 and three, so they have played a little bit better. Um, but they played one more game. Tech- yeah, but the Bucks still have the best record. Okay, and that's that's a fact. Clearly, uh, and the Bucks have just played really good basketball. I do think they are a little flawed as a team. I think Giannis is still a flawed superstar, and I think that concerns me a little bit come playoff time. But the Bucks are still, I think, the best team in the East. They're my favorite to come out of the East. Giannis has played like the best player on the planet once again this season. Uh, MVP, I think LeBron is the best player in the league still, but I think so far for MVP, it's been Giannis. Uh, and then in second place in the East, this is the Toronto Raptors. They are 15-4, and they are not getting the credit they deserve. They're on a seven-game winning streak right now. They are tearing it up, absolutely tearing it up. They're playing phenomenal, even without Kawhi. Last season, the Raptors started 15-4, and and I know that was you know, some load management games from Kawhi, but still they had Kawhi last season. A lot of people expected a dip. I expected a dip. I do think this Raptors team overall is worse than they were last season, but they're 15-4. and four. They're still playing very good basketball, and they're on a seven-game winning streak. They're not getting a whole lot of credit for it. They deserve some of that credit. Uh, another team that I want to get to is the Indiana Pacers. They're 13-7 and seven right now, okay? They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. The Pacers are starting to pick up the pace. 
Yeah, no one laughed. Okay, uh, but I love the Pacers. I am going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They are 13-7 and now after a slow start and don't even have Victor Oladipo back. DeMontis Sabonis is playing great. Malcolm Brogdon's playing great. TJ Warren's playing pretty solid. The one guy that isn't playing very good right now is Miles Turner. I think they could really use him to step up his game if he steps his game up a little bit. And He's been underwhelming this season, so if he can get back on track, this team's going to be very good. That would also help with trade value if they are interested in trading him, but I don't think they should. Uh, then I want to move on to the Orlando Magic right now um, for a minute. Uh, I want to see what Mo Bamba's stats are because I, I checked the other day, but I want to see if he's done anything of recently. Uh, but the Magic right now are in eighth place at a record with a l- record of 8-11. and 11. They haven't played great, but they're still in the playoffs technically. But Nikola Vucevic went down with an injury. Now it's time for Mo Bamba to shine, right? It, it's his time right now. So far this season, he's played. He's had getting around 15 minutes a game. He hasn't even started one game. I, Vucevic is out, so his minutes should go up. They haven't really much, which I'm disappointed with. I don't think the Magic have a ton of interest in Mo Bamba. I think it would be best for Mo Bamba, honestly. I don't want to say request a trade because that would, you know, he's only been there for a little over a season, but he should be really interested in leaving just because they don't have a lot of faith in him. It really feels like they don't. Uh, but Jonathan Isaac is a player that has played really good this season. I know Bo Bamba hasn't got the minutes he should. Um, what's his face? Um, why can't I Aaron Gordon. Why couldn't I remember that? Aaron Gordon, he hasn't played up to standards this year. He's had one of his worst years of his whole career. But one guy, Jonathan Isaac, he's been a most improved player candidate this season. He's played phenomenally defensively, and it seems like he has some star potential. And he's starting to hit it. He's a very raw player, but he's he's starting to untap some of that potential, which is very good to see. Uh, and then I want to get to the Bulls. They're seven and fourteen right now. They're three and seven in their last ten. They're struggling. Head coach Jim Boylan needs to go. The development of their young players have seemed a little stagnant lately. Not only to mention that he doesn't have the respect of his players. If your coach doesn't have the respect of his players, he's got to go. He's got to go. Zach Levine doesn't. I saw a clip yesterday. Zach Levine spoke up about it. Like, I don't, this guy doesn't trust me. I don't trust him. That is not good, especially when that's with your star player. Um, But yesterday there was a clip where he called his guys in. He called Zach Levine, Laurie Market, and Wendell Carter and Kobe White. Basically the souls of the franchise. Like, those are kind of like your bigger young players. Like, as you know, Levine and Markkinen are your stars. Wendell Carter's like your third best player. You know, Kobe White might be like fourth or fifth. You know, he might not be your fourth best player, but still he's a great young player. He's soon to be your fourth. He's played great this season. He called them in. None. They all, like, on purposely ignored him. Like, they were trying to look away and, like, totally just mute him out. And they don't trust him. They don't want to listen to him. They, they have to fire him. It's that simple. Um, and then the Knicks, they're four and seventeen, man. Um, David Fisdale, I don't think should be fired. I think a lot of it is the players, but they just got creamed by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that Knicks team, they're just embarrassment, especially for New York. That's one of the bigger markets in the NBA, and they just continue to disappoint. That team, that that team's just a joke. The Lakers, seventeen and three so far, but they are only three. They've only faced six teams with a record of over five hundred, winning percentage over five hundred, and they're three and three against those teams. All their losses have come against teams with a winning percentage over five hundred. The Lakers, to me, have been very good, 
I like them a little more than I did at the beginning of the season, but I want to see them face real basketball teams because they've only faced six teams with a winning percentage over 500. They play 20 games, and against those six teams, they're 3-3. Three and three. Other than that, they're 14-0. and 0. So, yeah, they can dominate the bad teams. Well, let's see a little more of them against some of these good teams. Uh, another team that I want to get to is the Clippers. Clippers right now, 15-6. and six. Uh, They got too off to an okay start of the season, but ever since they got Paul George back, they've been great. When the better They are better when both Paul George and Kawhi play, which is great because playoff time, they're going to be at full strength. When one of them takes a low management day, or both of them do, when both of them do, they're not very good. When one of them does, they're okay, they're decent. But when both of them play, they're nearly unsolvable. Only one loss when both of them play. I mean, this I know it's early, so it's tough to really tell with those stats, but that's great to see that those two are clicking with the rest of the team. Another team I want to get to is the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is clearly an MVP candidate. This dude, he reminds me again with LeBron without the size and athleticism. He really, really does. I've loved Luka Doncic ever since his rookie season because he shows me those little things. He's not afraid to take that last shot. He is not afraid of failure. He has that clutch gene. He plays with some swagger. He plays with confidence. That's what I love about him. And I can build a team around him. Like He kind of has that point-forward style, which is great as well. Again, the athleticism. If he had some athleticism, that would be amazing. But I guess every player has his flaw. And even without the athleticism, I still think the kid's a beast. And there's almost no other player I'd rather build a franchise around. Possibly Giannis. But I think that's actually a debate. The Jazz. I want to get to the Utah Jazz. They're 12-9, and nine, but they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. And they've been blown out their last two. They are struggling. Mike Conley has been super underwhelming this season. Uh, Rudy Gobert's... Been decent, but he's been a little inconsistent so far. He's been great on the board, still a decent defender, but he needs to pick up his pace offensively. And this Jazz team just needs to really start playing better. Uh, I know they're twelve and nine. I don't, I'm not ready to panic yet. Uh, they're eight and one at home, four and eight on the road. They need to start doing better on the road as well. But the Jazz, I'm not going to panic about the Utah Jazz. But man, they need to start playing a little better basketball. Uh, the next team I want to get to is the Portland Trailblazers, mostly Carmelo Anthony. Uh, the Trailblazers have won three straight, and Carmelo Anthony's done really well in these past three games. Carmelo Anthony was actually just awarded with Western Conference Player of the Week. Did he deserve it? No. I think James Harden and Luka Doncic both played better. But Carmelo Anthony still played great. I mean, yeah, James Harden might have outscored him in three quarters. Uh, you know, Melo played three games. James Harden outscored him in three quarters. But that's besides the point. Carmelo Anthony still played phenomenal this week. And I know it's only been six games, but he's kind of proving to us that maybe we were wrong. I'm not ready to say that, though, yet, because it's only been six games. And I want to see if he can not only continue this, but if he can continue putting up a role you know, whatever role he's assigned, because I think it might be soon he gets a bench role. Does he deserve that? If he keeps playing like this, he should be in the starting lineup. But let's say he cools down, which is what I expect. Let's say he cools down, a few of these guys come back from injury, he has to take a bench role. Will he be able to accept it? I mean, yeah, right now maybe he's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once he actually gets out there and he realizes how good he is and he starts to get that confidence back, he starts getting adjusted playing the starting role, then he gets demoted, how is he going to take that? Because we know he's a little stubborn. That's what I'm interested to see. Can he survive playing on that bench roll if it comes, which could come sooner or later, and will he continue the success? There's something around it, because I don't think they expected this from Carmelo Anthony. 
But I'm interested to see. It's only been six games. These past three games have really been his really good ones. So I, I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, and then the last thing I really want to touch up on is the San Antonio Spurs. 7-14, 12th seed in the Western Conference. 2-8 and eight in their last 14 games. What is going on in San Antonio? To me, they need to sell the team. Sell not no, not like that. The owner doesn't need. They need to sell Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. Trade them, rebuild. I know Greg Popovich said he threatened to retire if they got rid of those guys, but I think Greg Popovich will retire after the season anyway. And if you do keep those guys, I know Greg Popovich in the meantime will help guys like Derek White develop and whatnot, and some of their better younger players. But those two need to go. They need to establish a very good crop of young core. A uh, very good young core crop of young assets, some picks. They need to stash up on those guys. They've got some decent young players, but they don't have any star-studded young players at all, and they could definitely improve on their young core. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, I think, might not make the playoffs this season. I still think it's early. We're barely, you know, we're one-fourth into the season now. They play 21 games, so 7-14. I want to give them a little more time to see if they can bounce back, but the Spurs are really struggling, and it's a little concerning. And my thing is, I do think they will trade either DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge, possibly even both. And if they do that, it's going to be very hard to see them make the playoffs. So that is a few of my takeaways from the NBA uh, lately. Uh, and that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, make sure you go follow me on Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. We're one follower away from 500. Maybe we hit it while I was recording this podcast. I don't know. Um, but go follow that for podcast updates and more sports content and some sports takes there. Uh, and also go call in on the Anchor mobile app. As I said earlier in the episode, uh, get the Anchor mobile app. Type in after the buzzer sports talk in the search bar. Send in a voice message that way. Uh, and, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you.